0: When our son Andy was in high school, he went on a church mission trip to Mexico. And while they were there, the group went to a local marketplace and ran into a guy selling religious items, candles with pictures of saints on them and icons and crucifixes, things like that. But the thing that caught my son's eye was a Jesus bobblehead in a box. For $3 and some change... You could buy a plastic Jesus bobblehead with a suction cup on the bottom, and the box instructed you to take that and then stick it on the dashboard of your car. Now, my son didn't buy the bobblehead, but one of his friends in youth group did, and he brought it back to Dallas, and he stuck it onto the dashboard of his pickup truck. Now, I think a lot of people saw the bobblehead and thought it was kind of funny but one older member of our congregation did not. He saw the bobblehead, and he said, is nothing sacred anymore? My family went to visit my in-laws up in Vancouver, Washington, and when we were driving from the airport to their house, we passed a beautiful little church. It looked like a really old church painted white on the outside, tall steeple, stained glass windows. It had been turned into a microbrew, a restaurant and bar. And as we passed it, I started to think about all the people who had worshiped there, had been baptized there, professed their faith there, been married there, mourned there. And I thought about the pews removed and the baptismal font discarded and people sitting on bar stools drinking their beer where prayers had once been offered to God on bended knee. And I was sad. And I thought, something like, is nothing sacred anymore? When I was in seminary, I had a friend from Africa there. And he came to class one day very confused. He told a group of us that he had been listening to the radio And the radio station was having some sort of contest, and a woman won something in that contest. I think it was a small amount of money. And when she won, she screamed on air over and over again, Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! And he said, I don't understand that. And the group of us sat there, and and to be real with you, I think we were all a little embarrassed. And somebody said, well, that's just an expression here. Sometimes people say that when they're excited or when they're upset. And then he just sat there for a moment and he said, I have a wife and her name is Dorothy. And if I won something, I would not shout, oh my Dorothy. Oh my Dorothy, over and over again, because I love her and I respect her and I would never use her name that way. If people love and respect God, why would they use God's name like that? I do not understand this," he said. And we were silent, but I think all of us were thinking deep down is nothing sacred anymore. Friends, why is it that so many of us are so comfortable taking the shine off things, you know, pulling things down a notch? Why do so many of us seem to get great pleasure from turning sacred cows into hamburger, you know, demystifying things? Why is it that so few people seem to acknowledge the sacred and the holy? In fact, it seems that there are so many who actually deny that the sacred or holy exists at all. Why is that? Well, friends, when I ask these questions, I'm always taken back to the book of Exodus, chapter 3, and Moses' encounter with God on Mount Horeb. Do you remember that story? I bet many of you do. Moses is just sort of out minding his own business. You know, he's, he's actually grazing the flocks of his father-in-law and ends up, I guess, just sort of wandering up Mount Horeb looking for the best place to graze the sheep. When he comes across a burning bush, but this is not your run-of-the-mill brush fire. The bush burns, but it is not consumed And then Moses hears the voice of God call his name. Moses, Moses, here I am, he says. Moses, take the sandals from your feet, because where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then the text tells us that Moses looks away because he's afraid to look at God. And then the text goes on to tell us that God calls Moses then to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt. Friends, why is Moses afraid to look at God? Now, I know, at this point it's easy to think, well, you know, if a regular person came across a bush that's burning and isn't consumed, everybody would be scared of that. Well, maybe on a visceral level, but there's so much more going on here, friends. It's more than that. Moses is afraid, I think, because standing there looking at that burning bush, he realizes what holy, what sacred, really means when it comes to God, that our God is good. And our God is personal, but our God is not safe. Meaning God cannot be domesticated, controlled, brought down to size. We can't shape God into what we want God to be. No, God's going to shape us. And that is what is really scary to Moses and to all of us. Because we're much more comfortable with things that we can bring down to our size. And hence, our tendency to try to do just that, even with God. So, friends, I think this is why when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, the opening phrase goes like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right out of the gate, right out of the box, right off the bat, Jesus teaches us to acknowledge that God is. Is hallowed, holy, other, powerful, majestic, and mysterious. God cannot be tamed. God is one that we submit to. And in fact, in acknowledging God's holiness, you see, we submit to it. In praying, hallowed be thy name. We acknowledge that we live in the light of God's holiness and we are called to bend our lives to honor God. God isn't one we bring down to size. God is one we bend to, and that is why so many of us bow our heads when we pray or get down on our knees. When we pray the Lord's Prayer and say, hallowed be thy name, we are acknowledging that we bend our whole lives to the holiness of God in honor and in glory and in praise all for him. The great theologian Stanley Harawas tells a story about a young man who was the very first in his family to go to college. Soon after he arrived, a student approached him one day and offered to sell him the answers to a test. You'll get a good grade, he said. Come on. Pay up. I'll help you out. But the young man said, no. Oh, come on, said the other student. Don't be so uptight. Everybody cheats. That's not the point, said the young man. The point is that my mother loves me with her whole heart. And she cleaned houses and washed windows so that I could be here. I'm here because of her. I'm here for her. I would never do anything to dishonor her. Friends, I think that comes close to expressing how we are to respond to our holy God. You see, we Christians, we don't lie and we don't cheat and we don't steal, and we don't hurt others, and we don't hoard for ourselves why others go without, and we do not use God's name in vain, not because we're trying to earn extra points with God, or because we're trying to be holier than thou, or because we believe that we are the morality police, but because we understand that we are called to live in the light of God's name. God's holy name, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see, Jesus understands that we live as we pray. Now will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for your incredible grace and kindness and showing us how to pray by giving us the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. Lord, we ask that every time we pray it, on bended knee, with head bowed, that we truly do acknowledge your holiness, your majesty, your power, and your mystery, and we recommit ourselves and the whole of our lives to live in light of that holiness so that we can please you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us in worship today. I'm Senior Pastor Holly Gutelli. Alamo Heights United Methodist Church is a Christian community of love, hope, and belonging for all. To connect with us, visit ahumc.org or find us on social media.